Hey Megs, this is Marion and you're listening to Megs Moments, a podcast about all things related to entrepreneurship, millennials, business, and pop culture. This is episode number 34. On to another episode of Megs Moments. I hope you are all doing well, having an awesome week, uh, staying safe and healthy. Uh, today on Megs Moments, we have a very, very, very special guest joining us. I'm very excited for today's episode. It's been a while in the making. I feel like uh, that's been a lot of the, the case with a lot of our our, our, our listeners, or sorry, our our guests, but you know, times have been busy. We're living through a pandemic, so please forgive us and completely understand. I would like to welcome today's guest, Erica, to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here today. So Erica, why don't we just jump right into things? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your business, your business name, uh, and just give, give us a quick overview of what it is you do. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me today. Um, so uh, the business that I started and run is called Park Market and Refillery. And our goal is to provide low-waste living solutions uh, to consumers and businesses. So we do that mainly through uh, refilling home and body care goods in bulk so that folks can skip on single-use plastic and packaging. That's amazing. That's amazing. That sounds great. That's an awesome initiative. Great business concept. Now, Erica, let's let's kind of dial things back a little bit. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your younger self? Were you always kind of interested in the environment um, and I guess business? Yeah, great question. Um, my younger self, certainly uh, more of a shy individual, um, very, I would say, sport obsessed, play obsessed. Um, that's kind of, that was my outlet and that's kind of where I drew a lot of my I guess, development from was playing sport growing up. Um, mm-hmm. So certainly in my mind, I'd, I'd always thought, you know, as I got older and started to think long-term about, you know, career and things like that, I started to think about business, but to be honest, I didn't understand what business was and, and what I could play in it. Um, and uh, so it's something I always had thought about, but never really saw myself in. Um, mm-hmm. Sport was always kind of, the the language that I spoke and it's what I understood. And so um, that's what I ended up studying um, in university was kinesiology with a specialization in sport management. Um, It's what I knew, it's what I loved. um, And it was kind of a more natural um, progression for me. Um, When it came to the environment, I was definitely um, interested in the environment at a young age. you know, not to the degree that I am now, but certainly it was always kind of something I, I had interest in. I even, when I opened up um, our bricks and mortar location, my mom actually brought me a, a framed photo of me and my brother when we were 10 years old, or I don't know, eight years old doing a lemonade stand for um, a wow. local environmental organization. So that was funny. It kind of brought it back full circle. So definitely something I, I was interested in, but definitely wasn't, um, my my only interest as a a younger person yeah it's kind of funny how like life happens you're younger some of the things that you probably don't even think are going to have such a big impact on your life kind of change the trajectory of your life so that's awesome so you did mention that you were like super into sports did you uh, play a lot of sports growing up and if so what kind of sports were you into oh yeah love sports love playing sports all the things i mean i played my main sports were Um, soccer and volleyball but I was also really into badminton basketball cross-country running skiing um, any any 
anything really. Um, I just loved being active. I'm pretty high energy um, and I really loved um, the team environment that came along with sport. That's how I met a lot of my friends growing up. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, especially when you're in elementary school, high school, I think it's all about kind of finding your, your, the, the place you belong and feel most yourself. And for me, that was on a volleyball court, a basketball court, or, um, you know, playing on a team. So for me, yeah, those were my main sports, I guess I listed a bunch, but <laughs> that's cool. Uh, yeah. I was going to, I was going to pinpoint the team a bit. I think that really helps, um, when you eventually grow up and you have to work in environments with people and all of that stuff. And, and I think it really does contribute a lot to identity. Uh, so uh, like you mentioned, obsessed with sports at some point, uh, you eventually decide to go to school for sport management and then later on work in the sports industry. So what was that experience like working in sport and what would you say it's taught you about, uh, entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I spent about 10 years working in the, uh, I would say kind of sport, but also nonprofit sphere. So it was really cool because I, I, this wasn't a, my path was never my, my planned path. Everything kind of just came about as I took one step forward, another um, idea came about or opportunity came about. Um, so it was never really something I plotted out, but it all kind of worked out well up until this point. Um, so uh, working in sport uh, and philanthropy was incredibly fun. It was dynamic. It was challenging. It was uh, really rewarding and I learned a lot um, that I would say applied to what I'm doing now. Um, I mean, from the sports side of things, it's the the pace, uh, the competitive nature, the um, you know, what's my competitive edge? How are we different? What's the the latest greatest product or innovation that we can have that's going to make our teams better? Um, and you know, I apply that kind of, I guess, energy or or attitude uh, with with our business. Um, and I also, from the nonprofit side of things, um, you're doing so much with so little. Uh, so you, you have to wear mm -hmm. a ton of different hats. You have to do uh, work on shoestring budgets if you have a budget or you have to create a program that's going to be self-funded. Um, and so that kind of scrappy uh, resourcefulness, I, I guess you could call it, was, was really something that I lended um, starting my own business because, you know, you're starting out with, with little or maybe a little bit kind of depends on your situation, but, um, you know, you have to do a lot with a little and, and get creative and find ways to find free marketing and, you know, how to source products without a ton of knowledge or, or educational background in certain areas. So, um, I would say those, those are probably the two two most applicable things that I came out with, but, um, overall those, like those years spent working, I worked for an organization called right to play, um, and then, uh, moved over to Maple Leaf sports and entertainment where I worked, um, on the foundation side of things, overseeing the philanthropy and fundraising and, uh, both incredible organizations doing incredible work in the community and, uh, still very much a supporter, um, personally, um, because I, I really believe in the work that uh, both of those organizations do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you and again, you did mention that you've worked for two really great organizations, um, but then eventually decided to kind of detour into entrepreneurship. And just thinking about somebody uh, as myself who works in sport, I just feel like uh, when you kind of get into the programs or start working in those spaces, like the end all be all or end goal is to be able to work for some of these organizations that you mentioned and being um, working as like a senior, 
other uh, position in these organizations, but you decided you were going to take an alternative or a different path. So tell us about your aha moment. When did you decide it was time for you to go and start your own business? It's a great question. Um, Yeah, it's funny. When I gave my notice, I told my boss at the time that it was not lost on me that I was leaving my dream job. if you had have asked, you know, younger Erica, what is your dream job? And I could say, oh, doing philanthropy and working on community programs for, you know, a huge um, sport conglomerate <laughs> in downtown Toronto, yeah. I would be like, what? That's so cool. Uh, nothing else. Like, I'm done. That's it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. I definitely didn't uh, leave that organization because I didn't love the work or the job, which to me, meant I was making the right decision, though it was a very hard mm. decision um, to make because I, I really did uh, enjoy my, my job and the team that I worked with. Um, but I just, you know, I kind of always had that bug in my mind that, oh, one day, maybe, maybe one day I'll, I, I'd love to work for myself. I'd love to start something. Uh, I just didn't know what it was. Um, and I, and I feel like that's common for a lot of folks. Like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to start my own business. I just don't know what it, what it should be. And I'm, I'm waiting for that exactly as you asked, that aha moment. Like, mm-hmm. when does it all kind of come to you? And um, it would have been 2018. I was on my honeymoon with my now partner and husband. And um, we, it was kind of the first time I'd ever really taken a chunk of time off um, from, from work and kind of lifted my head and, and did a bit of self-reflection and, um, you know, when you're, especially I find in the sport industry, like you're head down, you're working hard, you don't look up, you're just always focused on the yeah, project. Go, go. <laughs> and um, so I hadn't really looked up for a while and and really thought about kind of, you know, my life and, and the impact I want to have, um, you know, whether it's with business or socially. So anyhow, we were on our honeymoon and um, we were in New Zealand, which was um, a beautiful country. And um, you know, a relatively small island um, compared to some of the other uh, <laughs> islands or continents um, mm-hmm. in our world. And so because of that, they have to be, uh, they're almost forced to be a, very conscious of their consumption and the waste they create and the systems that they have in place to protect their habitats and their land. And um, we learned a lot about that on that trip. And uh, just saw a lot of practice within just the the community and the folks that lived in the different towns we visited. Um, and there was a real just kind of cultural focus on, on environment and sustainability. And, and um, while we were there, we happened upon a refillery, which um, I don't think I fully explained yet, but essentially you bring your own containers and you can refill on bulk food, bulk home and body care products um, mm-hmm. to skip on on plastic and packaging. So it's all about reusing what you have. And um, yeah, just over the course of that trip and, and being exposed to some of the cool um, innovation happening, I, I quickly thought, well, I need to do more of this at home, um, which ensued quite a lengthy Google search um, and found that there wasn't actually much in that space in the community that I lived. So then the wheels start turning. Not only can I not access this myself as a consumer, but this could be a potential business opportunity. Um, so it, it happened quite quickly, uh, to be honest with you, but I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, my partner was really excited about it. And uh, you know, I, I just started working on it. So I still had my job at the time, but I started 
figuring out, you know, who could potential suppliers be and, and what would the business model look like and, you know, when would I want to start and, and how would I make this work financially and all of those things and um, pretty quickly made the decision to, to take a leap and uh, I have to give a lot of credit to my, my partner, Jeff, who really uh, encouraged me to take the leap. I, I truly don't mm -hmm. think without his support and honestly the support of my my family and just kind of, because a lot of people would look at you and say, you're crazy, you're leaving a dream job. Yeah. Why would you, you right. work so hard to get to this point? Like, why would you leave now? Um, and uh, so I think having that support and, you know, knowing it was okay if I, if I did it and I fell flat on my face that I would, you know, have some loved ones around me to pick me up, mm -hmm. um, made, made the jump. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. That is awesome. And I think one of the awesome parts about what you've shared, and oftentimes, um, I know with a lot of millennial entrepreneurs, uh, we don't often hear about this where people uh, have, I would say, the bravery and the confidence to be like, okay, I might be working a nine to five that provides me security, but I'm going to go all in on this new uh, business venture and I'm going to quit my job. Um, it's very scary, again, extremely brave. Do you find that, um, I don't know, after the first couple of months or even a few days after quitting your job and committing wholeheartedly to this, to this business venture, were you, was there any like regrets or like fear or oh. I don't know, panic? Like, Oh yeah. I sobbed my last day. I was so sad oh. to leave. And I like, cause I truly love the people I worked with. I love the job. Um, and I, I was really going to miss it. And I was really scared. Like I'd, I'd be totally lying if I said, yeah, I made the jump and it was, it was great. It was hard, but it was great. Like it was, it was certainly a challenge. Like you, you leave a very structured environment, a team environment, which I was completely used to my whole life to being independent, you know, entrepreneur on your own, figuring it out as you go. Um, and yeah, there was definitely a lot of, um, growth during that transition period and you know doubt and questioning and um yeah it was it was not easy and um one of one of my really good friends actually when i was kind of debating whether or not to do it made like one of the best suggestions i've ever heard which i would totally put out to anyone listening that's thinking about making a decision was to just kind of write down whether it's google doc or pen to paper um your why and the reasons you are making the decision you're making so that whenever you kind of find yourself in one of those doubtful situations or panics or, um, you know, any, any tough time, really, you can kind of look mm -hmm. back on your why and be reminded of, right, this is why I made this decision. This is, this is why I believe that I can do it. This is why I believe it's important. Um, and I, I truly went back to my, my why statements, um, a lot, especially in those first few months. And every time I kind of rechecked in with, with, oh, right, this is why I did it. Yeah. I, I weighed the pros and cons and these are the things I'm excited about and this is what's happening. And I knew this right. would happen. And, and so it just kind of, it was always a good, um, check for me to, to help me get through those tougher times. Um, because it, it can be challenging, especially if you're, um, you know, you go from a larger team environment and you haven't, kind of been entrepreneurial before. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I found that to be really helpful. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Well, 
congratulations for going all in. Uh, and again, I applaud your bravery um, and shout out to your partner because it, it, it often does take the right people around you to make you to help build that confidence. Right. And that and that assurance in yourself to be able to do something like this. So that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So uh, you mentioned that um, Park Park Market and Refillery's primary goal is to provide consumers and businesses with zero waste living solutions, um, which I think is extremely important considering that the world that we live in right now is um, in a fragile state, if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves in terms of the environment. So tell me why, uh, what exactly does that mean? Why is that so important, especially now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the clock's ticking with respect to climate change and, and being able to lower our emissions and and the waste that we are creating. And so um, to me, I, I just, I, I know, and it's not lost on me that this this world we live in moves a mile a minute and uh, we very much live in a convenience culture and especially here in North America. Um, and so what I saw was, okay, there's these solutions out there, but we need to help customers understand that it actually doesn't have to be as hard or as expensive as they think it is. So, you know, our goal is really to connect consumers with solutions, um, whether it be a delivery program that you don't even have to leave your house and you can have your containers refilled for you, um, or um, it doesn't have to be as cost prohibitive as a lot of people think it is. So for us, we try to carry a range of different um, suppliers, when it comes to the different products so that we have a range of in price. So mm-hmm. um, certainly we have the more premium products that are organic. They're made with essential oils locally in small batches. And, you know, those come at a cost. Um, so we try to carry a range so that we can really do our best to meet people where we are. Now we're not perfect by any means and we aren't meeting every single consumer, but um, you know, as, as days and months go by, our goal is to just have more innovative products and more innovative um, methods of getting those products to consumers so that um, they can, you know, continue life as they, as they want, but a little more mindfully when it comes to how they're um, purchasing and consuming um, right now home and body care goods, but in the future, potentially uh, food as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's amazing. And that's, I I think that's, again, an extremely key point. You touched on uh, wanting to kind of help consumers uh, get products that they need and kind of meeting them where they are. But I think the other important part of this is uh, the products that you're using and and the other businesses that you're working with. So how do you determine what brands you want to sell? Mm -hmm. So for us, um, our goal is to move uh, from a linear economy to a circular economy. And so by that, uh, we mean specifically around the packaging in which these products come in. Um, so, in, so for example, instead of buying dish soap in a 500 milliliter plastic container that gets used once and then thrown away or recycled, which as we know, 90% of plastics that are recycled end up in landfill anyways, uh, mm-hmm. the most likely landfill. Um, it's taking that linear process to, um, you know, purchasing a container or even better using a container you already have, filling it with that 500 milliliters of dish soap. And when it's empty, washing it out and refilling it again. So that that package is now circular and it's gonna be reused until it's no longer um, able to be used. Um, And so for us, we kind of take that approach with our suppliers as well. So um, we certainly uh, love to support local businesses as best we can. Um, And, 
but we'll, we also, we, some of our suppliers are as far as Quebec, um, but our main goal is that low waste circular loop. So mm-hmm. we purchase, currently we purchase our um, refillable products typically in about 20 liter um, containers. And those containers are sanitized and refilled when, once we're done. So that's kind of our first checkpoint is, are they able to loop Um, and refill packaging with us so that we don't have any waste on our end and then neither will our consumers. Um, And then we also, like I said, we try to look at the ingredients, look at their business practices. um, And if they're the more local they are, the better, because from an emission standpoint, we're not shipping um, containers, both filled and empty, um, a super far distance. So it's uh it's definitely a range um and that range also kind of dictates what i was talking about earlier kind of the price point we're able to offer customers so you know we work with some bigger suppliers that do that low waste loop with us um and they're able to keep costs down because they have a bigger operation they have more buying power for their ingredients um whereas some of the smaller makers you know they're making it in a 20 liter batch and that's it so um, their prices are a bit higher. So that's, that's kind of why we have a range and we like to, we like it that way. Um, but yeah, our biggest thing is, is the circular economy with our, our suppliers. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, uh, uh we earlier touched on again, we've been living through some crazy times. <laughs> we've been dealing with a pandemic that I think everybody thought was going to be over after a month of its announcement. Um, but it's been here for quite some time. And I think, um, one of the, Uh, groups that has been kind of frustrated the most and hit the hardest has been small business owners and entrepreneurs. So tell me, how has a pandemic like COVID-19 affected a business like yours? And what lessons do you think you're learning during this time? Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, Yeah, it's been a a wild ride as it is for so many. Um, I mean, I'll take it back. It was, I guess, early March. um, And for us, we... At that time, we actually didn't even have our bricks and mortar location. We operated um, out of a mobile van. So we it was kind of like a food truck, but for refillable home and body care. So we did, oh, cool. um, we did and still do uh, pop-ups. So we would do farmer's markets. We would pop up at restaurants and breweries um, and meet folks where they were in their specific communities. And then we also operated a delivery program. Uh, mm-hmm. So as soon as, um, you know, everything began to shut down, we quickly had to cancel all of our pop-ups, which was a huge, probably three quarters of our, (laughs) our revenue. That's how we sold, Mm. um, products to customers. So, um, definitely unfortunate because we were coming off such a a good run of, of pop-ups and, and really starting to get good, um, traction, I guess, with what we were offering. Um, so what we what we chose to do was um, we already had a delivery program in place, so we made sure our measures were super safe. Um, and because we sell things like hand sanitizer and hand soap, we were deemed an essential business. So we were mm-hmm. really lucky in that sense that we didn't have to completely shut down. Um, so we were able to continue with delivery. So we we just really honed in on delivery, and um, you know, with that, we definitely had more time on our hands um, because we were only delivering, I think three or four days a week at the time. Um, So the the bulk of our customers shifted to delivery, which was great. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, a huge piece of our business was, was shot. So 
we, we'd been talking and thinking about space um, for a very long time and opening up a bricks and mortar location, having a dedicated warehouse for inventory. And so we decided, okay, if we're gonna be shut down for the foreseeable future, let's spend this time doing all of the scaling and growth um, planning that we've been thinking about, talking about, but have had no time to do. Um, so honestly, like I, I can't complain. What we did was like literally as of, I wanna say mid, mid-March, we started looking for spaces um, and we found a space that we uh, were able to sign a lease for and started um, doing a lot of renovations as of May. So um, we kind of used the time to our advantage to do all the things that we didn't have the time to do before. Um, so it, it worked out honestly well for us in that sense. Um, it was tough because we didn't have the farmers markets weren't opening and then we were delayed because they weren't accepting reusable containers because of the, you know, worry about um, transfer of uh, um, COVID, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. Though there's been a lot of research since that point to show that that's not, not um, cause for transmission, which is great. So we um, have, we were able to join in, but um, we just tried to honestly make as cheesy as it sounds like lemon out of lemon, lemonade out of lemons by just saying, yeah. okay, we have this time, let's use it so that we can be ready to go as soon as, you know, uh, things start to lift, which, um, we, we were, we opened up our, our retail shop, um, at the end of September, um, and had great COVID protocol in place. So, I mean, so far so good. We're also in the process now of <laughs> revamping our website and our online ordering so that if there's another cool. little shutdown, we're ready to go. But um, it's, it's just curveballs. And I'm thankful that we didn't have to close because I, I feel for, for the small businesses and restaurants that have mm-hmm. completely shut down because that, uh, scary yeah it is and and i think that's that's like these are some of the things that nobody ever foresees when they decide they're going to start a business but it's yeah yeah it's it's scary it's tricky but it's also so interesting how uh kind of being pushed out of your comfort zone forces you to start doing some things that will eventually like propel your business to a new level so uh that's amazing congratulations on opening up uh your physical location um that's that's a that's a great accomplishment a great accomplishment so uh erica you shared a whole lot of amazing things with us again working a nice secure nine-to-five job taking the plunge and deciding you're going to be a full-time entrepreneur um starting a business that is focused on kind of helping the environment and sustaining our planet while meeting consumers where they are but in terms of just entrepreneurship in general do you have any advice uh for people that are interested in starting their own businesses maybe they want to start a business um in in this particular industry uh, where they're focused on helping the environment but they're just scared do you have any tips or any uh advice that you could offer them such a great question um it's so funny i still don't even like think of myself as an entrepreneur (laughs) a lot of entrepreneurs actually say that it's so interesting yeah yeah It's, it's i think it's just and that's I guess that kind of goes along with what my advice would be, which would be, you know, just you're not an entrepreneur until you just start doing it and then you figure it out as you go. Um, (laughs) No, I think my advice would be, you know, think it through, make sure you have a plan um, and make sure you believe in your plan. Um, Not like a 20 page business plan, but a vision Mm -hmm. um, and, 
you know, it's, it's really something that you've thought through. Um, because I, I wouldn't, uh, I'd be remiss to say, go for it without, you know, you want to make sure you believe in your idea and you, you have done, done your research and, and thought it through, especially if you're leaving, you know, mm-hmm. a steady, stable job, you want to make sure it's for something that, that you really think is worthwhile. Um, but I think once you've done that, um, just, just take the leap and be ready to fail and fail quickly and learn those failures because that's the best way to grow. Um, because I think as soon as you take the fear out of failure and, and celebrate the learnings that come from failure, you quickly realize that's what entrepreneurship, I think to some extent it is, it's just failing quickly and moving on and adapting and, and learning from it. So, um, I know it's easy to say, don't be afraid to fail, but I think if you can, if you can pull that away and see it in a more positive light, um, it makes the journey a lot more fun. Um, yeah, I think that, that those would be my, my biggest, my biggest two pieces of advice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Great advice. Uh, so you did share a lot with us in terms of, uh, some of the things that, uh, Park Market and Refillery has had to do in terms of adjusting to the times that we're in. But are there any cool things coming up for you uh, that you'd be willing to share with us? Don't have to share anything top secret, but anything cool that you could share with us. Um, yeah, I mean, we're working on a new website, which is going to be beautiful. Um, cool. a pretty uh, robust delivery program, um, which I'm very excited about. So it's a couple months away, but we're uh, working diligently on that. Um, got some cool holiday gift boxes coming out uh in the next week or so so if you're interested in in swapping out some uh low waste or swapping some of your gift ideas to some low waste um gift boxes those are those are a cool option um Mm. yeah i would i would probably say those two things okay cool that's awesome and so if somebody is interested in getting that as a gift for a friend, uh, where would they be able to find more information about your business um, or where would they be able to visit you at? Absolutely. So we are, uh, you can find more information at our website, www.parkmarketandrefillery.com. If you visit our where to find us page, it gives a whole overview of upcoming pop-ups, holiday markets, um, our bricks and mortar location, Um, and then we also have information on our delivery program, um, and the different products that we have, um, or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're quick to respond, um, to any emails or DMs. So don't hesitate to ask or send any questions our way. Awesome. Erica, thank you so much for sharing all of that uh, with us today. Now I feel like I really need to be a better citizen. I need to go (laughs) start reusing products a little bit more because, you know, you don't even realize how caught up you get in consumerism. Mm -hmm. You go to the store, you buy some body wash, it runs out, you go back, you buy more. And I think oftentimes, like as consumers, um, if we're not careful, you think you're doing the right thing because, yay, I threw my container in the blue bin. Mm-hmm. I've done my part to save the earth, but there's so much more that we can do, especially through our spending. And uh, your business is a perfect example of that. So thank you so much for sharing uh, your story with us, your journey with us, and all of this great advice. Um, I've learned a lot. I'm sure a lot of us, everybody else out there has learned a lot. Um, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It was awesome to uh, be here virtually. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye.